Hi there, this is Alvin, and welcome to the Kickstart Commerce Podcast, where we share search marketing and domain investing strategies to help grow your business. In today's episode, our guest is Oliver Hoger, a serial entrepreneur and investor, as well as a domain investor and broker. Today, Oliver and I discuss his journey from a high school dropout to domain investing and brokering extraordinaire, his vision and early recognition to capitalize on domain buying and purchasing patterns in bulk, how he protects domain earnings through diversification of asset classes. And last but not least, Oliver shares a few domain purchases and sales, as well as his insight towards an unknown future for the domain industry and the world at large. So with that, Oliver, welcome, and thank you for making time to join us today. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, certainly, certainly. And so to uh, kick things off, Oliver, briefly share at a high level with our listeners a bit about yourself, who you are, your personal and professional background. Well, I started basically, you know, in the early 90s, I had like a blog and then I went to like a search engine in 2004 called Seek99. And then I jumped over to buying a domain name called Checkmail. And suddenly I got an offer and I accepted the offer. And this is how I came into domaining in late 2009. So you you go way back then in terms of uh, when you started. Yep, that's basically eleven years back. Wow, that's awesome. So then, and take us eleven years back, just prior to uh, I guess stepping into the domain world. Now you had shared with me that you were a high school dropout. So kind of walk us through how all of that came about and kind of how you found your lane right at the birth uh, or nearing the birth of the internet. I dropped out back in high, in high school, basically. That was in the 10th grade. And I had like a blog called Free Blog. And it was all about free stuff back in 1998. And suddenly I started selling banner advertising for 300 and 500 and 1,000 a month. And then I discovered the pay-per-click advertising. And four years later, in 2004, I opened Seek99.com. And that was a search engine. And, you know, that started to get like 50 to 100,000 searches every day. So people were uploading uh, PayPal payments to their account, actually to buy click on the search engine. And then late 2007, when Google became a strong competition, basically that search engine started to die out. And that's when I started to go into domaining. Interesting. So did you have like a software development background, like HTML or not really? No, I had a developer in the United States, which uh, developed back then in PHP and MySQL. Ah, okay, okay. And so then they basically, I guess, developed you like a backend that you could then manage um, all the the different ads. That's correct, yeah. We were basically selling uh, clicks on the search engine, like sponsored search results at the top. And you could just like upload funds to your account and then just bid on the keywords and they would appear. So then how did you go from selling banner ads then getting into uh, domain investing? Um, It started all with checkmail.com. As a search engine, after a few years, it was was difficult to compete against Google. Then I bought the domain name checkmail.com. And, you know, I wanted to provide basically a service so you can check it with your email on the mobile phone on checkmail.com. And just in the mean, in the middle of developing it, I actually got an offer of ten thousand dollars, which I only paid a thousand dollars back to Cedo, you know. <laughs> so was checkmail, was it a hand registration or was it like an expired domain purchase? I purchased a domain name at Cedo for a thousand dollars. And then you basically begin developing it, but then received an offer. So like when you received did you 
really, I guess, understand at the time or the moment that you, you know, invested or, or rather spent that thousand dollars on checkmail.com? Did did you even foresee that it would turn into, you know, ten thousand dollars at that moment in time? Uh, no, I got an email from a, a lawyer and I was really worried back then because I never got that before, you know, <laughs> and I suddenly uh, called them and they, they said, oh, we have an offer. It's, it's a client from Mexico. You know, they have a big project. I'm like, OK, that sounds great. What's the offer? 10,000 best offer. Take or leave it. I'm like, OK, I got to think about it because <laughs> I was researching online how if it's really legal to make sure they're not trying to steal my domain, you know, or something like that. They actually signed a contract and I, I went, you know, I went to the lawyer's office and I picked up the check there because, you know, back in the days, it was not usual selling a domain name and transferring domain name, you know. So you picked up the check. Now, how did you I guess, how did you go about handling like the uh, the transfer of the domain? It was done in their office, transfer domain name and, and verify check in your hand and you can go. So pretty much it was the meeting of the minds of you likely came in, had a laptop or they had a laptop or some sort of machine connected to the Internet that you could log in, I guess, just transfer it to them. And once everything was okay, then they basically handed you a check, certified funds. Correct, yep. And that's how the first domain sales started. There was a 10X. And then, you know, back in, in late 2009, that's when I became a domain investor. And I started buying traffic domains, short domains, one word domains. You know, and I also started investing in .mobi, in .asia.eu, which I also have lost a lot of money in these extensions, basically. <laughs> but then, you know, you've made more money than lost over, you know, 11 years. Wow. So what went through your mind when you actually had that $10,000 check in your hand? It was something crazy, basically, you know. I mean, I had the project of checking emails by phone and selling subscriptions, you know, 10x in, in like in a month. That's amazing, you know. <laughs> So did you keep, did you, I'm assuming, I, well, we realized you sold the domain checkmail.com, but did you keep the business with it or, and build it out on another domain or what, what happened there? Well, basically it was lucky. That was the beginning of development. So I was only into the early stages, just stopped developing and just sold the domain name. And, you know, right after a few months later, started buying domains on Cedo and, you know, on, on auctions and stuff like that. That's how I started domaining, basically. Ah, so at that point, so how many domains did you own at that time of checkmail.com? Or was it just checkmail? No, only 10 domains, really. There uh, wasn't a lot. Gotcha. And then from that moment that you sold, then like in a year's time, how many domains did you amass? One year after, I had a thousand domain names. Oh, and wow. That, yeah, that's, that's all. that was a lot because the registration fees were expensive back then, you know? Right. So what are you looking at? Like, was it $100 a domain or was it at the $35 per year? Yep, $35, yep. Okay. But I did start making sales, you know. Sales were coming in, you know, even even with the 1,000 domains. I got a lot of end-use inquiries and everything. Um, and then just kept, kept on building, you know, started buying four- and five-figure domains, you know. So that's interesting. So with the sale of Seek, then plus what you had with checkmail.com. So then, I mean, you pretty much started uh, with a pretty substantial investment then as a domain investor. Yeah, I started off with $250,000 basically back in 2009. Yep. And so then at that point, you basically begin to look for uh, those traffic and short word um, domains. And I'm assuming, I guess now, were you overpaying for some of those or were you actually finding like some bargain deals? 
for some of it was overpaying, yeah. And then some I got really some bargain deals as well that you actually, the next day you could have flipped for 20, 30, 40% profit because there was many people that didn't even know how the market, even the existed the main market back then. You know, there may be hundreds to the name in, in 2000, 2001. And they just, you know, oh, I'll take 1500, but I can flip that for two, two and a half the next day, you know? Right. And and I, I guess during that time, it was also, uh, what, the Great Recession, too. Yeah, that's right. So that was a good start point, basically. So you 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 really hit it uh, in terms of, one, having the right domains, you had funds to invest in, and you had a market that worked in your favor that people often or likely were in need of cash. And so they were willing to, you know, deal, um, especially if they had someone with cash in their hand like yourself. Especially that or doing bulk deals basically on four letters or even three letter dot coms. You know, I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. you know, I have people backing me on bulk deals that could be domain capital or just domainers as a group, which is buying portfolios up and then just flipping them together. Interesting. So how did you get into, I guess, doing the bulk purchases? Like when did you realize, oh, I could I could actually probably do well purchasing everything in bulk versus the the one offs? 2013, when I had good relationships with CEDOs, many brokers, GoDaddy brokers, and they had a lot of bulk portfolios back then. And that's when I started doing in bulk purchases. So then how did, um, I guess, how did you go about reviewing those? I mean, were you buying them? Were they sometimes like 25, you know, domains, 10 or 25 domains at a time? Or were you talking about hundreds or thousands that you were purchasing? Threeletter.coms, for example, maybe there were 10, 20 at a time. Mm-hmm. And if you're talking about four letters, maybe there were three, 500 at a time and maybe keyword names or traffic domains that could be up to a thousand domains at a time. Yeah. So then in terms of so you started in 2009. Now, how long did I mean, obviously, you know, you kind of look at the first sale and you go, shoot, you were highly profitable uh, with a 10x return from that thousand dollars to the ten thousand dollars. So it, in terms of just the number of domains that you bought. And like we use that scale, the year from the first time you purchased to that that following year, like how long did it take you to truly become profitable after you had a few sales under your belt? I would say it took about 18 months because the first 12 months when you start domaining, you just buy all sorts of, you know, Ramadan names that, you know, you just start <laughs> overpaying. So how 10, did you get into dot mobile? You know? Um, back in the day, you know, those were popular, you know, people were auctioning off the Mobi, EU, Asia, and they were going for thousands of dollars, you know? So I started buying them in auctions as well as others did too. Wow. And then when did you realize like the error in your ways? That took about one year, you know, <laughs> one to two years for those domains start to die out. People realized they were not good investments. And that's when I started to stick to .com and network only basically. Now, how much, I guess, how much money do you think you lost, you know, across those those various uh, non.com extensions? At least 150000 over the years. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. But, I mean, yes, I guess you did, you know, yes, that is a loss. But then in terms of with your ability to have recognized the bulk purchasing, I guess that's kind of what drove the bulk purchasing so that you could recoup that that loss of investment. That's correct. Yeah. So it took 18 months basically to get that money back and start getting profitable. And then you did bulk purchases until 12 to 13. And, you know, the Chinese market started to eat up in 2015, 2016. You know, the short names start to explode. And that's when I made, you know, decent money in those years basically started taking profit and selling them. 
Now, how many, I guess, shorter domains did you own prior to, I guess, the the run-up of uh, the Chinese bubble? At least, like, you know, 33 letters, over 1,004 letters, and the rest were just rambled in one words and traffic domains. Wow, so you had really somewhat cornered the market, or at least you, you got a good share of it. I was buying from every big uh, corporate holder, basically. There was two cows buy domains back in the day. You know, they don't really, they don't do any more book deals these days. But back in the day, you know, I was buying off them every week, you know, by flipping and do it again and flip and buy, do it again, all over again. Interesting. And so that's been, so that's pretty much your uh, kind of go-to strategy, if you will. It's basically, I guess, how, how, I guess, how do you spend most of your time? Is it that you're still focused on bulk purchasing or are you still doing the one-offs or a combination of both? Well, it's a combination of both. If I have a good bulk portfolio, for example, in front of me, you know, I can purchase, let's say, for 50K, but I can flip it 60 to 70K. I'll consider that. Um, but these days, in the 219, 220, you know, the inventory is getting drier, for example, I realized in the wholesale market. So not many are selling in bulk. So there's a lot of single transactions I'm doing, basically. You know, mm. buying myself, brokering as well for clients. I do brokerages as well. So then why do you think the market is, is, is drying up a bit in terms of the, the bulk purchasing? Corporate companies that don't have the bulk anymore domains like they used to have, you know, like a lot of four letters or three letters in bulk. And also what I realized from 215 to 220, you know, the for example, the three letter coms, they spread out to a lot more domain holders. There used to mm. be a lot less holders holding in bulk. So there's a lot of single three letter holders now out there. So that's why bulk is difficult. Interesting. Now, I know that you mentioned like the four letter. Now, did you, you did you do any investing in terms of like some of the numerics or, or did you leave those alone? Yeah, I was doing um, four numbers back in the day, five numbers. And there was also a time where the six numbers were heating up and I started to hand register quite a lot of those. They were like $9. And then like two months later, they suddenly turned to like 50, 60, even $100 in auctions. And so then what do you, how do you, um, in terms of realizing and seeing the patterns early of some of these bulk purchase patterns, you know, for buying and selling, like, I guess, what, what do you typically see and go, oh, that's, there's a pattern that's emerging within a given market. How do you, you know, what's your thought process? Well, how I realized the short domains, basically, there was a big demand from end users back then. And then suddenly I started seeing the Chinese window market. They were just buying and selling, buying, and selling, trading. And, you know, when the short uh, rally started in 2015, the short market domains, the Chinese were buying up every single week. Prices were increasing. That was just crazy, you know. It started to cool down, let's say, maybe in 2018, like early 2018. And then from 2020, obviously, you know, I mean, there, there was a big, obviously, a big drop in price in the in the short market, in the wholesale market. The Chinese are out of the game for, for sure. You know, they're not buying anymore, only if the price is low. Now, obviously, we, we've seen both of those markets, the, the, the short character market and then the, the numerics and both of those dot com, of course. Like, do you think you'll see, you know, the bubbles that we've seen in the past? Do you think we'll see those in the future, possibly? If, if people start accumulating bulk again and basically, you know, there is demand picking up from Chinese or resellers are picking up because maybe their portfolios are drying out. They'll probably start paying higher prices again. Interesting. And, and I think you sit in a 
in a unique position and chair by which one you're a broker so to a certain extent obviously there is that pattern recognition of customers or clients actually out you know reaching out to you contacting you in terms of you you're able to see a larger subset of of folks needs and desires in terms of certain domains that they want but as well you also you know like doing your own thing you that probably they probably work in tandem is what i imagine and, and it quite i guess in terms of percentages of of you know whether it's 40% that you make through your domain investing efforts or if it's the other 60% that you make through uh brokering you probably use both of those in tandem to to offset one another when when times are good or bad yeah that's correct yeah not only that, so I mean, now you mentioned, and, and I think it's probably important for domain investors to really understand is just obviously, you know, for, for some, it's a matter of, hey, I sell a domain name, four figure, five figure. And in most cases, a lot of people are going to take that money and they're going to splurge outside of a outside of reinvesting. That being said, though, like you believe one in reinvesting, but you also believe in diversification. Uh, to protect yourself, right? Yeah, if in if you've made certain amount of money or so, maybe you sold a domain for fifty k. It's always good, you know, taking something out and diversify a little bit around. So you know, you've got maybe two or three legs, basically. One could be domains, two traffic domains, maybe three Bitcoin or real estate, for example. In, in terms of percentage, like, is there a certain percentage that you know outside of hey? diversification in those other asset classes but if we're strictly looking at domains you sell a domain is there a percentage that you often work from to say okay i sold let's just take for example the checkmail.com you sold that for ten thousand are you sitting and saying okay 20 percent of this is actually going to go back into purchasing domains another 20 percent is going to sit on the sideline in case of economic downturn and then, you know, the last 60%, you know, I, who knows what you may do with it. But do you think in those terms of percentages or how do you think in terms of being able to reinvest into your business? Well, I think it's important, for example, if you see an economic downturn like right now, for example, that, you know, maybe you should have at least 24 months of cash flow in the company. So if you basically need, let's say, $5,000 a month, you should have $100,000 in cash in your account just in case. That's how I look at it. 24 months minimum cash flow or more. Um, normally, I don't take a percentage off. I would just by feeling maybe I'm just buying this portfolio all in. Or maybe just buying a part, so I don't have any percentages. So it's just important that you have cash, basically, to survive through an economic crisis. Right, and so, and and I would, I definitely agree. And I think it's likely. Uh, I know one of the things is just realizing and and knowing what your uh, monthly cost is in terms of just domain expenses, and that you know that probably expands across tools as well as renewals, uh, which I know renewals are likely going to be what eats up most, you know, investors' pockets, if you will. Yeah, that's correct. They renew fees, yeah, for example, or maybe company expenses, accounting, taxes, personal expenses. I would actually add business and personal together, you know, make like an Excel file and see where your, your costs are and make sure you have, you know, at least, you know, minimum 12 to 24 month cash flow, you know, so you can actually hold out for those end user sales or, you know, that's the kind of thing you want to do. Exactly. Now, do you participate in any of uh, like expired domain auctions or no? Yeah, I do from time to time. Yep. 
Now, are you finding that more and more sales are actually going up? So, for example, you know, I, I look at certain domains that two to three years ago, you know, you could get for 50, 75, maybe 100 $25. Those are now in the neighborhood of sometimes $600 to $900, uh, to say the least. And so are you finding that, as opposed to previous years, that more and more auctions are on the increase? Uh, the expired auctions, for example, for, you know, they always sell much more than a direct seller auction. Direct seller auction is like a reseller trying to auction off domains in the marketplace. So I just see expired auctions. They have really gone up in prices a lot. Yeah. Does that concern you any as a as an investor? Well, I would only go in an expired auction and just, you know, if I really like a domain, that's the most I'm willing to pay. And then I just pass. So that means I'm actually getting a lot less um, winning bits as I used to get. So you, you've made an emotional disconnection then in terms of the given domain name. You've already said in, hey, this is what I'm willing to spend and I'm not going to get into a bidding war. Unless you really like the domain name. So you're probably better off buying off resellers, which you can get better deals than expired auctions. No, that's good. So then I guess as of today, like how many domains do you own? Around a thousand domains. Now, do you have plans to build uh, or increase that number in terms of the portfolio hold? Or do you typically hold around about that thousand domain count in terms of uh, your portfolio size? the thousand I would like to hold yeah I used to hold a lot more back in 2016 but you know I did sell quite a bit of the domains um so I'm just going to all around the thousand domains and how many did you have back then about eight thousand oh my goodness yeah that was a lot that was a lot of hand registration as well with the six numbers with the five letters and all the four letters there were thousands of them basically you know hand registered ah. so that's the numbers added up you know, a lot of traffic domains, you know, also. Um, that's why there were a lot of a lot of domains adding up together. So do you still hand reg uh domains today in bulk? Domains, yeah. Interesting. And so how what what is your strategy then? You know, because like for instance, I know some investors they're like, I won't purchase hand reg registrations, not unless there's a promo code. And then in most cases, they're only going to keep them for a year. Like is that the same approach or do you take a different approach to it? I wouldn't look at the promo code. I would just pay the eight, nine, ten, or fifteen dollars what the extension would cost. And you know, I'm, I might keep it for two years. And if there's no inquiries and no traffic and no who is lookups or anything like that, then I'll drop the name. What tools then do you use? Uh, you know, to to help you gauge the value of a domain. So I use STBot and Domain IQ, and I've also have some custom developed domains that actually scans and drops, you know, and helps me sort the short names, for example, or just you know some custom tips. So I have custom software as well. And I bet that it, that helps to cut down. Uh, I guess it helps to cut down in terms of having to go out and look for you know given domains. Yeah, that's correct. It helps it basically it helps filtering through quicker on the domains, but I still you know look at them manually. So I wouldn't go in just like bolt bit, basically. I would really look at each name still. Even if, you know, if the software filters everything, I would still go by each one. Because you got to do your research. If it has an end user, maybe does it get traffic? Does it have resale value as well? So I still do manual research every day. Do you use tools like uh, Google Trends? Yeah, if the domain name is up in a trend as well, I would type in the keyword to check, yeah. So then, like, what, I guess, in a, in a given day, like, what does your day consist of? So when you first get up, what are you doing from, you know, the moment you get up to the moment that you lay down? How does that, what's the typical day flow like for you? 
as an investor and broker? Well, when I when I first get up, check my emails and do my do, do the phone calls I need to do basically. Check on clients, see what they have for sale, and see what clients want to buy domains and start hunting out there. And then in the afternoon, go through drops, you know, bid on auctions, list them back for sale, park domains. That's the typical day, basically. Because I'm in the central time zone. So you're, I guess, so where, so where are you based? In Gibraltar. So you're what, six, seven, I guess six to seven hours ahead of, ahead of the central standard time zone? Ahead of central time, yeah. How does that impact you being that far ahead? Um, how does that impact your workday? So, you know, basically, for I mean, I go until midnight or 1 a.m., but then I just get a bit later. I get up like at 10 a.m., for example, because I have different working hours. I need to catch the U.S., and sometimes I need to also catch China as well, different hours. And this is what you do full-time, right? Yeah, so, I mean, you don't work any other, meaning, other yeah. job. Nope. Just domaining for the last 11 years, yeah. So now, do you plan on, I guess, is it just you investing or do you plan on growing uh, the brokerage and just domain investing into a team? Or, you know, what are your, what are you, what's your vision? Well, so far, I've done everything by myself, basically. I have, you know, time to time, I have a developer helping me, you know, and sorting and, you know, d- developing custom scripts or something like that if I need something to help. Uh, but it's just me, yeah. And so you plan to plan to keep it simple. Yep, that's correct. What what have been some of uh, I guess the, your most recent sales that you're able to share with us? Uh, what have been some of those recent sales? Basically, I mean, you have from the range from three letters, for example. There were brokered domains as well, um, and there were traffic domains as well. There is a demand for traffic domains. Let me see if I can find a recent sale I can share with you right now, because normally all clients they just want to be confidential, you know. Yeah, and I think that I think it's amazing um, just in terms of of your overall strategy, obviously, in terms of some of the and I think we'll see it here in terms of some of the recent sales. But then I guess just thinking through, you know, how do you how how, how do you strategize with knowing what is of value when you're looking at some of these three character domains? So how do you tell when something is good versus when something is bad? By the letter quality, basically. Mm-hmm. So it's really important by the letters. And then, you know, you go to Google and then you basically search for end users and see if they get traffic to see what the potential is for the domain name. You know, it could be a very bad letter domain, could have the best end users ever in China, for example. Gotcha. Now, have you ever had situations to where it was good in China and not so good for, you know, Western do- domainers or vice versa? Yeah, well, Western domain wouldn't take anything basically on QYZ, but over in China, they would probably pay big money for that. Interesting. And so, yeah, so so then, because uh, I know you you mentioned some some sales, and so if you have those, you know, definitely kind of shoot away and and at least give us a thought process behind, you know, either how you brokered that sale or either how you what made you purchase it and um, how you went about selling it. For example, like today I purchased wako.com, W-A-K-O.com and rudy.com. And, you know, those are new domains. So before I would list them for sale, I would be testing traffic. And if any leads come in, you know, I'm always open to a flip, for example, in a reseller, if it makes sense. But if not, I'll just be holding those uh, for end user sales. And there was a recent, uh, recent purchase as well. There was a three letter. There was a gnp.com. So then just do all those steps, test, park, 
And if it's a decent offer, I'm always a flipper, basically. If not, just sit on the name and maybe an end user comes along. How do you go? How do you test? I guess, uh, how do you perform your traffic test? Uh, through a parking company. You can use uh, Bodus, for uh, example, parking crew. Gotcha. And then in terms of that test, like, what are you looking for? Obviously, you're looking for um, to make sure that either it does have traffic or it doesn't. But then in your eyes, uh, of obviously having done this over thousands of domains, like, when can you tell, like, what's kind of that tipping point of going, yeah, this domain is actually likely either way, either more valuable than what I invested in or it's less valuable than, you know, previously thought? Oh, let's say if it's more valuable, if it gets a lot of typing traffic, that's one. And if it makes good revenue, that's number two. Good typing traffic could lead to a quicker end user sale, for example. And if it has a lot of typing traffic and, and the domain makes, let's say, a couple hundred dollars a month, it will go up substantially in the reseller value, for example. And then from there, pretty much then, I'm assuming that you use some sort of lander? Yep, sales lander, basically. I mean, I, I, mean, I have my own website. It's called perfectdomain.com, so I can just park my domains there, and they go on a sales lander there. Yeah, because so so this is one of those custom tools in it you had built out for for yourself. That's correct. Yep, yeah. and now it's an open marketplace, so everyone actually can join in. But you know, I'll be using my marketplace because it's commission free. <laughs> That's so, awesome. You know, that is awesome. And so you run perfect. So you run perfectname.com in terms of perfect selling. Domain and buying per what was it perfectdomain.com perfectdomain.com um so so you you operate that in terms of the investing the buying and the brokering but you're also an investor in um what is it dnforum.com dnforum yeah that's so how did that come about oh i me and lars basically you know, he's, he's the partner in the forum as well. Uh, we bought the forum about two years ago and, you know, it was dying in traffic and it's really a shame because there's a big member base, you know, we're thinking, okay, if we buy this forum, we can get it back and help the domain community basically, because you can buy and sell for free. You can get free appraisals, you know, you can get tips on the forum. You can ask questions. There's always moderators, me or other people around. And actually, since we bought it two years ago, Traffic is up over 200% now. You can see on the Alexa ranking. Wow. So things are coming back. So then now, you know, why would you want to buy a dying project? I mean, was it for the challenge? I mean, did you actually know that you could turn it around? I mean, what what was in that thought process to partner? No, oh, that was a risky bet, I guess, because we have to get back all the SEO traffic from search engines. We have to get back members who are running newsletters, you know, and we're spreading the news basically in social media as well. And then, you know, posting domains and, you know, we ran a newsletter and has a couple hundred thousand members. You know, suddenly 50, 100 members start appearing every day again and more and more members join back in. That took at least one and a half years. There were design changes, logo changes. It's mainly basically Lars is in charge of the inform. I'm more like an investor in it. And so where do y'all see DNform headed in terms of its future? I think we'll keep growing because we're getting uh, new members every single day. And the upgrades are coming as well to premium marketplaces. That basically covers the expenses for the servers. And, you know, the moderators sometimes get some money as well from that. So it's basically pretty much a non-profit thing. Nice. So then kind of changing gears here, then in terms of, you know, looking towards the future of what the uh, domain investing and the development 
market or industry looks like? Like, how lucrative do you think domain investing and development is for the future? I would say on domain investing, it's going to get a lot harder, basically, to find a good deal, basically. And, you know, basically, that's what that's the most important thing. You need to find good deals to make money, right? So right. it's becoming more mainstream, I see. And there's a lot less deals on the market. And to find a good deal, that's a tough part. So if you had 250000 now, I think you would have a much tougher start than 11 years ago, basically. There was tons of domains that, was, you know, that were flowing at your hands, basically, every single day. And so, at least for the, at least for the time for foreseeable future rather uh, especially with covid going on so then you kind of see that the market is going to somewhat pull back or at least i mean deals will be had but it won't be necessarily as free-flowing as they have been well i think so if you lower your prices your sales are going to go up and that's the thing where the trend is you know people are probably lowering the prices at the moment to make sales happen and uh, let's say I think there's less sales, but there's more inquiries, but maybe there's lower offers. That's what I'm thinking that's happening right now. But there's also a lot of people trying to open websites for online businesses because everyone's stuck at home. That's interesting. And so then from a an investment standpoint, then it's probably good that if domain investors find themselves investing in sound uh, two-word domains, and it, it could likely uh, help them to sustain their business model. Yep, that's correct. You, as long as you do your research and everything, then you should be fine. Yep. Most important thing is always to keep some cash on the side for cash flow. That's the most important thing. Got it. And so then what do you think the greatest challenge is then in terms of domain investing and development and brokering? Challenge is inventory at the moment. Finding the right inventory, the right price, that's the biggest challenge because there is buyers for three letters. I have a buyer for two letters. I've got buyers for one words. I've got buyers for traffic portfolios. But it's finding those deals at the right price or even finding a seller who wants to sell. That's the big challenge you have. Gotcha. And then in terms of uh, bulk purchasing, you, you think that it'll also run into headwinds or will it see tailwinds? No, I mean, time to time, there's still bulk deals to have. Yeah. So you just got to keep working hard, basically researching every day. Most important thing is just getting networked and getting connected every single day with, you know, with domainers and investors and brokers see what's out there. Maybe something gets listed tomorrow. And I, if I don't check on, on that broker, basically, he'll probably offer it to someone else. So I just keep on following up and checking on people. It's important. With the remainder of 2020, like what do you what do you see are going to be the trends to close out this year? Uh, you know, if you were to make an investment, where and what do you see is trending? Trending, I think the three letters are cheap at the moment because they've dropped a lot in prices over the years. Basically, since the Chinese hype, let's say a Chinese chip hype or something like that, you call it. Since then, it's been going down. Um, good four letters is a good purchase as well. And traffic domains as well, you know, because of the coronavirus, for example, advertisers are spending less money. So the revenue could be down. So it could be time to buy those as well. And one word at good prices, I would say. If you get a good deal on a one word and you know it has good potential, then that as well. Interesting. And so, like, where are I guess the three letter, four letter words? The uh, they currently hovering in terms of price. Prices. You want to get a comparison from now and before. Correct. So let's say like two sixteen when they were peaking. The the three letter chips were around forty to fifty thousand dollars. And today they're trading, let's say, between fifteen and twenty thousand dollars right now. 
you can see wow. basically that lolsales.com or you can just go to namebio.com and check the recent sales and compare back or a four-letter chip it was the three thousand dollars peaking in 216 and now they're trading for you know three four hundred dollars maybe the most so definitely definitely a, a good time to be uh buying then um obviously you you don't know what the future is going to hold so you can't necessarily predict it but you know things go in ebbs and flows so it's likely that they they may go up although it could also obviously you know go inverse of that that's correct yep most important thing i guess just watch out for end user uh, domains as well just in case you know the next rally doesn't come at least you're sitting on those domains that you may make one or another end user sale now that makes sense so then wrapping up like what would your i mean you've given insight into the trends but what would your advice be uh, to someone who's considering, you know, developing, investing, or brokering in domain names? I would be advising to check out on short domains at the moment. Those are the cheapest domains that drop the most in prices. And, you know, go on the drops, use the inform.com every day. People post domains there, you know, and there's no broker, no commission involved. So see if there's any good deals. You can also post buy requests over there, that's for sure. And, you know, keep in contact with brokers, ask around what deals are on the market and then make a decision when you have like a list from each broker, just pick out the best name. Now, what are your thoughts in terms of, you know, because some investors are, are listening to this and I know that it, they'll likely say, well, that's easy for someone to say who has, you know, six figure bank account who can actually dive into something like this. But, you know, in terms of where to start from a dollar standpoint, do you recommend, hey, saving thousand dollars, two thousand, five thousand uh, before investing? Or do you just begin to truly work your way up from handridge into maybe closeouts into expired auction and just slowly flip your way into that five and six figure you know, market? So let's say if you're like a starting investor, you start now or you started a year ago, I would probably recommend minimum $25,000. And I would start with closeouts at GoDaddy for the $11, the $5, the $8, the $17. I would go on Namecheck, the $69 names. That's where I would be starting. And when you start having end user sales, you just keep reinvesting, reinvesting and build you, yourself up. You start buying four figure names and five figure names and you start trading in those ranges. That's what I would do. Well, I mean, last but not least, I guess, is there anything else to share share with listeners? That's all for today. The contact that would be on perfectdomain.com or Skype. My handle is Oliver Hoger. Good deal. So with that, well, Oliver, man, uh, thank you for, for being here today and and uh, sharing your entrepreneurial journey and, you know, your domain investing and domain and brokering journey with us. Okay, that's great. Thanks for having me. Certainly. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to Kickstart Commerce, uh, where we share search marketing and domain name strategies to help grow your business. Uh, please subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or Podbean. Last but not least, please visit kickstartcommerce.com to subscribe to the newsletter sharing tips and tricks about the disciplines of digital strategy. Thanks. And that's all for now. 